This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 737, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, December the 18th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. Happy uh, belated holidays. This is the Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, December the 18th. Uh, it's episode 737. Uh, this is coming to you uh, a little bit after uh, Christmas. Uh, this is uh, coming to you on the 27th of December. So uh, these books are already, what, uh, was that, nine days old? So uh, let's just jump in. Uh, December the 18th, a lot of books were being pumped out uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then there's a very light December the 25th in terms of releases. Uh, so there's a ton of books that hit the shelves on December the 18th, including but not just these. There's obviously many more books I'm not mentioning. I'm predominantly just mentioning the ones from the big two. Well, we had 2099 Omega, Agents of Atlas, Annihilation, Scourge Omega, uh, Aquaman, Avengers, Batman Lies, Last Night on Earth, Black Panther, Catwoman, Daredevil, Doomsday Clock number 12, Eternals, Secrets, Secrets in the Marvel Universe, although I think that's just a reprint. Um, I don't think that's, uh, yeah, that looks like it's a reprint from older material. That's not new as far as I know. Um, yeah, definitely not. Looking at some of it, I'm like, oh, well, that's old school art. Uh, Excalibur, Fallen Angels, Flash Forward, Future Foundation, Ghost Spider, Gardens of the Galaxy, Gwenpool Strikes Back, 5 of 5, Harleen, History of the Marvel Universe, number 6 of 6, Invaders, Joker, Killer Smile, Justice League, King Thor, Legion of Superheroes, Marauders, whew, Metal Men, New Mutants, Nightwing, Revenge of the Ghost Rider, Runaways, Scream, Curse of Carnage, Spider-Man, Star Wars Empire Ascendant, Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, Suicide Squad, um, Superman Smashes the Clan, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, The Infected, The Commissioner, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, Wonder Woman, and You're the Villain, Hell Arisen. Whew. So with all those books, somehow I'm still talking about five different books that are not those, which is kind of crazy because that's a ton of content that was released on one day. First up, we have Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue number 36. Um, this concludes, I guess, the current storyline. Uh, this is Time After Time is the name of the story by Nick Spencer and Oscar Bazaldua. <coughs> Colors by Steve Furchow and Virtual Calligraphy's Joe Carabino on letters with Tony Daniel and Edgar, Edgar Delgado on cover art uh, with then Dan Panosian. Uh, doing a 2099 variant cover and Declan Shalvey doing a Venom Island uh, variant cover. Um, I just found this issue to be very bland. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't really feel like it interested me or really gripped me. You had a lot of like Spider-Man experiencing alternate realities and other things that could happen. Uh, the Miguel part of the story I thought was kind of like if you didn't know anything about Miguel in his previous two miniseries, this would mean nothing to you and it it's not given any context really. And um I don't know, this was just kind of a mess and we have Silver Sable and was you have a bit of a revelation about what was really going on with um with Doom, but I just felt this entire storyline felt so boring. Like I, I I read this issue honestly and I just felt bored. I didn't really I wasn't really connecting with anything. It was just kinda of there and then it was over and I just didn't really care for it. So I feel like I'm going to give it, like, a four. Like, I just... I found myself so bored. It was not interesting. The art was serviceable. Um, but the the story, just... I don't know what it was trying to do. And it just didn't feel like it gripped me at all or kept my attention. I was just... I felt absolutely bored by it. Uh, next up, we have uh, issue of Batman. This is issue 85. This is the exercised epic finale. Um, I'm trying to remember... Like, I, I read all this, like, a week ago. And I already forget some of this stuff. Uh, or... Because I know I read it, but like looking at it, I'm like, I don't even remember reading this. Um, so it's the epic size finale. You have a lot of people working on this. Uh, it's the end of the, the big, you know, kind of the fights that we've been getting here. 
Um, I found this to be an oddly paced issue um, in terms of there's a lot going on, but they're kind of you're flittering back and forth between a bunch of different moments, and um, yeah, and I'm trying to remember because I like I know I read it and now I already forget it, and so maybe that's not a great thing. Like you know, after all this time, you have this big story. And and I felt it was almost claustrophobic, not claustrophobic. Um, uh, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but it just felt like it was ping ponging all over the place, as opposed to having a clearer, clearer narrative. And I think for the big ending, something like this, I'd rather be a little bit more coherent instead of kind of jumping all over the place. And um, I didn't really enjoy that in much the same way. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. The ending, I, I, I again, well, the ending per se. I, I, I liked it, but it just felt like there was so much going on, but I didn't always feel it was comprehensive. And I felt like maybe doing all these narrative tricks maybe didn't work here, and maybe wasn't a great idea. Um, yeah, so I mean, overall, I think I enjoyed it. I got a lot of people writing on this. You got Tom King writing it, sorry, people working on that. You got Mikel Yanin and Hugo Petrus doing pages 10 to 12. Uh, Jordi Belair in colors. Uh, who did the rest of the pencils then? I'm just trying to think. Just reading the uh, the credits, and I'm not even clear from the credits what was even going on here. It's it was, just, it, was it was messy. It was you know again you have a lot of different people working on this project, and you're going back and forth, back and forth, and all these different elements of the story. And I I think actually took me out of it. Um, it made me a little bit less engaged when it wasn't as I and I am all for having challenging narratives and doing things different. But I just felt like at times it felt like it was doing it for you know for the sake of doing it as opposed to really needing to do it um and that i didn't enjoy as much um and i don't know why i can't seem to find the uh the credits for this issue anyways i'm gonna give it a you know a six you know it was i think i just think it was muddled um and it could have been better uh next up we have batman superman number five uh this is by joshua williamson and dave marquez I'm not a big fan of this in general, just because I don't really care for the whole Batman who laughs and the infected and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's a fine story of Batman and Superman working together, well, in terms of the the overall arc. Um, I just don't really care for what's going on in here. Um, being said, I think it was effective, effective and I'm curious what the ending is going to lead up to what we're going to see next. Um... But as as a, as a whole, it just it didn't really capture my interest at all. Uh, I, but it's not. I feel like in this one's case, and even with Batman, like it's not Batman. I think it was muddled. Um, Batman Superman, I think, was more. I'm just not engaged with the main story element because it has to make me want to buy in and care about the storyline with Batman who laughs and the infected. And I really don't care for the Batman who laughs. And then by extension, I don't really care for the infected piece. That being said, there's been some good stories with it, like the Shazam story, but uh, I wasn't totally won over. Uh, next up is Conan Serpent War number two. Uh, this is by Jim Zub with artwork by Steven Segovia and Frank D'Armada on colors. Uh, you got Vanessa Ardell Ray as a, uh, the artist on the James Allison se- sequence. You got uh, Jean-Francois Billiot as the uh, doing something here. I'm not even sure. Or colorist on the James Allison sequence. And then you got virtual click of Travis Lanham on letters. You got Carlos Pacheco Enek and Frank Darmetta on cover art with a bunch of variant covers by Luke Ross and Owen Woodard uh, and John Jun Yoon, Giuseppe Camicoli and Jean-Francois Boulou. 
Um, a lot of people working on this. So prior to reading this story arc, I didn't really know any of these characters besides Conan vaguely. And I've been reading the Conan books since they launched a year or so ago. And Moon Knight. Um, I don't know the other characters, but I'm interested in them and their world and how they operate. I'm really enjoying this. The artwork is definitely a lot cleaner uh, than the first issue's art. Um, it's a little bit easier to follow. It's a little bit more kind of conventionally attractive. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm enjoying the overall story and seeing how the characters are intertwined throughout time and, and space. Um, but very, very curious. Like, I'm really enjoying this story. I think Zub's doing a great job. He's obviously having a, the time of his life writing it. And I think that comes off as a reader that even though I don't know these characters, it gives me enough to want to know more about them and see how they interplay with each other. Um, and as I said, Segovia does a great job in the art. So I'm really enjoying this. This is an 8 out of 10. And last but not least, we have X-Force number 4, probably my favorite book of the bunch. No offense to Conan, uh, Serpent War. Uh, X-Force is written by Benjamin Percy, artwork by Joshua Cassara, and color art by Dean White and Guru FX. Uh, virtual calligraphy Joe Caramagna on letters, and Tom Miller on design. I uh, also have uh, the cover artist is Dustin Weaver and uh, Edgar Delgado. It's interesting because I really wasn't that big a fan of the cover, and I almost thought it was a Brandon Peterson um, piece, just kind of looking at how Sage looks in the cover particularly. Um, I don't, it's interesting because I find there to be such a gap between the interior art and the cover art, and the interior art, as I've said before, uh, really reminds me of what NKX first looked like when it first started under Rick Remender. Uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the artist, and that's my bad. Um, but it's just, it's such a... Was Rick Remender? Maybe it wasn't the first arc, but one of the arcs. It, was, it has that dark sensibility, but it really works, and the colors really pop because of the kind of darker tone. Um, I'm so involved in this, loving every minute of it. I think it's a really well-written book. I actually, in some ways, prefer it to the main X-Men book right now. Um, even though it's technically X-Force, they kind of all still, still feel like the X-Men. Um, this was great. Um, I'm excited to see where we go from here, but like seeing the interplays between these characters, seeing them trying to protect and save Domino, uh, seeing what happens with Xavier kind of coming back. Um, there's a great implication here of, um, you know, uh, Forge having a lot. Like, was the last issue that Forge talked about all the adamantium he has? Um, that he has that adamantium, I guess, ready to go. Um, I was really intrigued by this book, loving every minute of it. Can't wait for more. Um, I guess when we get into 2020. But so far, of all the Dawn of X titles, without a doubt, X-Force is my favorite. I just think it's hit the ground running. Every issue is an exciting ride. I feel like I'm you know, watching slash reading a movie. Um, it's absolutely my favorite. So that's an 8 out of 10. And that is it from the books that I had a chance to read from the week of December 18th. Looking forward, there's only, what, four or five books that actually came out on... Well, uh, from the big two, I guess, uh, on the 20, I want to say the 6th, uh, 26th of December, uh, which in Canada is Boxing Day, uh, and I guess in the UK as well, and to Americans, they're like, what the hell is Boxing Day? Um, so the the releases that I hope to at least be talking about, at least two of them, maybe even three, is uh, Venom 21, which I believe is the start of Venom Island. Um, yeah, it looks like it is. Uh, Spider-Ham, uh, Incoming, both of those are first issues, as well as the first issue of Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme which has definitely got a, a cool cover and definitely a, a cool concept, and I'm excited to see what Mark Wade and Kev Walker do with this. Uh, so that'll be up on our next episode, talking about, hopefully, a few of those books, uh, if all goes well. 
Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. You can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode will be our conversation with Ben Rabb, uh, who wrote a lot of uh, books back in the, uh, the I guess, the 90s and then a little bit in the 2000s, and then got to uh, start working on um, some television shows, including uh, Arrow and The Flash. So we got to have a chat about uh, some of his own work. And then the week after that, uh, the first episode, I believe, hopefully, of uh, 2020 will be a conversation with Jim Kruger, uh, who's actually writing the upcoming Marvel's X book and also wrote Earth X, Universe X, and uh, Paradise X, as well as writing Justice, which I really didn't spend enough time talking to him about. So I should, ho- I would hope to have him back at some point in the future once Marvel's X is completed, probably to talk about that book and then maybe also to chat a little bit about Justice because that book was woefully underserved in our episode. Uh, anyways, thank you for joining this episode and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.